it's very important to us, um, the impact we have on the environment and on where Sacha Inchi has grown. And I know consumers care about this as well. And so we, we source our Sacha Inchi from two different places. It's native to Peru. That's why it's called the Incan peanut, the Inca peanut. Um, and so we are sourcing from Peru and um, from Southeast Asia, Thailand and Laos. Um, in Thailand and Laos, actually in, in both regions, it's grown without the need for irrigation because there's an abundance of water. So that alone is a leg up on almonds, for example, which are, you know, um, uh, utilizing a ton of, of water in, in regions like California. Welcome to Winning at Work, the podcast for foodies, founders, and food and beverage professionals. You know, if you wanted to discover a new brand, a new food or beverage to try, there are literally thousands of companies out there. It is very difficult to do that. That's why we curate the different, the better, and the special brands here each and every week so you don't have to do the heavy lifting. If you're a founder and you're looking to connect with other like-minded executives, we make that very easy. And if you just work in the food and beverage industry and you're looking for fresh inspiration, we have that here in spades. This episode is sponsored by Temple. Congratulations, you're selling in retail. But the competition is fierce and your brand is surrounded by similar products. How will consumers find you? Let Temple show you an innovative retail sales solution. Click on the Attract Consumers link below. Need to attract great employees? Click on the Hire Now below and we'll show you how to use your culture to help you stand out. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. We have, we're doing a series on, look, once brands get into retail, you know, what do they do to support it? How are they supporting their brands? There's so many different choices that entrepreneurs have to support those great brands when they do get in. Now, not everybody can go on Shark Tank to help support their brands. Some do. I am really stoked. I have Aaron Galemore. He's the CEO of Brassroots Foods. There are a lot of people that just, they can't eat nuts. Um, we have seen a huge rise in food allergens over the years. So this is actually not a nut. And I've got some samples here that we're going to kind of talk through. But what we're looking at is something literally all brass roots foods, they don't have any peanuts, no tree nuts, no dairy, no eggs, no wheat, no soy, no sesame, no fish, no shellfish, but they do have flavor, which is fantastic. So uh, I'm really looking forward to getting into this journey with Aaron about brass roots, about his time on Shark Tank. I cannot wait to talk to him about this. He's got some real cojones <laughs> to go on this to go on this show and to wear what he wore, to do what he had to do. Uh, super excited to uh, welcome in Aaron. How are you doing, buddy? Thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me. I'm great. This has got to be on the pressure cooker scale compared to Shark Tank, like a one compared to what <laughs> you put yourself through. I found your episode. I went out and found it because, you know, they, they repeat them and this kind of stuff. Okay. You're like a business guy, a finance guy. You show up with this fantastic, like purple New Orleans style suit, and you're singing and you're throwing beads. 
<laughs> How did you pull that off? Yeah, there's, um, yeah, I'm a little crazy, I guess, is part of it. Um, I, my dad is a singer songwriter. So that's kind of where, and, and there's a ah. lot of, we're based in New Orleans. And so we wanted to bring New Orleans, we wanted to bring some of my, my family music background into it. My dad taught me some singing, gave me some singing advice, I should say. Um, but yeah, I was, I was nervous. I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, because you come in and you're singing and you've got this great little brass horn section kind of going along with you. And it's like, you I could tell you were trying to nail something to finish yep. and like, let's just get this over. I want to get to my pitch. Yeah, we had, I mean, you know, the, the business side, like you said, I felt very comfortable knowing um, how to answer the questions, whether the sharks liked them or not. I knew my numbers. I felt good there. Uh, the, you know, you have a certain amount of time to finish your pitch. You have to end up physically on a, at a certain spot within the studio. Um, and we had a lot of choreography. I had my two buddies who, like you said, brought brass instruments on. Um, so it was, uh, it was nerve wracking thinking through the all the steps the timing and knowing the entertainment that we had more side of it we had like, one shot to do it right yeah. so yeah. i i definitely a lot of people absolutely love that show so i think when we i think the people who are watching or listening to this now um you're gonna see on the thumbnail of the episode you're gonna absolutely see this <laughs> this you got the floor delay. I can't tell what else you have on your suit, but anyway. There's a on there. Oh, yeah, and I wear oh, this little, suit around now. You do? Oh, yeah, I wear it around like to demos and things like that. And, and I get people who stop me and they say, wait a second, I've seen that. I've seen that suit before. Oh, my God. So, so literally, you've just answered all the questions I had today about how do you support your brand. You just show up in your suit. <laughs> you just so have I'm to sure like – Wear good clothes. Yeah. You, you just what um, you do is you send brand ambassadors to all the sprouts, and they just walk around with the suit. There is a segment of our listeners that I would call foodies—people who are very interested in food. Um, I want you to tell us about the uh, Saka Inchi. Um, well, it's not a nut. What is it called? It's considered a seed. seed yeah. A seed. Saka Inchi seed. Yep. Yeah. So tell us, tell us about the seed. Um, you know, talk to the people who, you know, maybe they are struggling with some of these allergies and, and what they can expect from this food. Yeah. Yeah. The, so the, I think the first thing is you, what's really important is you eat it just like a nut. Um, it's got similarities with a peanut similarities with all sorts of other nuts. It's got a really nice snappy light crunch to it because there's a, it's got a hollow middle. Um, but if you pick it up and you look at it and then you eat it and say, okay, this is a nut. But at the end of the day, it is a seed, so it doesn't have uh, the same allergens as a peanut or an almond. Doesn't share those allergens. Um, but I think honestly, the most important thing about it, the reason it's so special, is nutritionally, it is truly better than the other nuts out there and peanuts. So more protein, more fiber, and really high omega three fat content, just about the best plant-based source. I saw that. It's like 4,800 milligrams of omega-3 to Zippo for almonds. Yep. 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 So it's it's really good for your gut. A little more protein. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's really good for your gut, gut health. Um, 
can get it, you know, there's, there's some nuances there, like the ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 is really important. And that's, it's got a very good high ratio, um, but it's good for all sorts of regions, cardiovascular, um, you know, brain health, gut health. It's just really, really good for you. In addition to being free of the, of the top allergens. Well, and I appreciate the, um, the sample pack. So, you know, what I've been uh, munching on are the, I've got the, um, I've got the lightly salted. Yep. I've got yep. the, um, I've got the sweet heat. By the way, what, do you have like a name for this little guy on the package? <laughs> he looks like he's got little eyes and a hat. Is there a name for your little mascot? We've been working on that. Um, you know, it's, it's our equivalent of, uh, of, you know, planters, Mr. Peanut, basically. Right. That's um, what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. Like yep. I crunch like it's a nut. Thinking, he's, I kind I kind of, I like to call him nutty, the seed. Um, but we're, nutty we're still seed. testing it. Still yeah, testing you, it. You might confuse. Yeah. You might be confusing your, uh, your marketplace with that. Yeah. Well, you know how Chick-fil-A, they've got the cows and they're like, eat more chickens. Right. Right. Exactly. So you can kind of go um, with that little play. Well, I can tell you, um, we've been snacking on these and I definitely like the sweet heat. Um, yeah. it's not too that's hot. Our top, that's oh, our top it? seller. I like mm-hmm. that. I mean, I really like that one. Um, I all, but see, I also have a sweet tooth. So these, um, dark chocolate are really nice yep. too. The way you've, That's the way you've, kinda, way yep. you've like yep. lightly coated them with that chocolate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's something we, that's sort of, uh, the flavor we use for people who, um, you know, haven't tried Sacha Inchi before and want to sort of just dip their toes in the Sacha Inchi water. It's a good, uh, intro yep. because they're yep. used to chocolate. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And, and it's, it's really good, good chocolate kids too. It is good yep. chocolate. Yeah. I think that would be good for kids too. If they don't know what it is. Yep. You know, kind of yeah. That's 70% that. dark, organic, fair trade chocolate, really, really quality stuff. Well, you know, parents are always looking for good snacks for their kids, you know, and, um, this is good. Yeah, and we're, we're we're actually coming out with a snack pack, and we can talk about this as a retail strategy. But we're coming out with a grab and go one ounce serving size for these, so it's a little bit easier to take on the go. Um, mm-hmm. We give our kids, we give our kids our Sacha Inchi seeds, and I'm usually taking like a a pound bag in the car with me and having them just share it with each other in the back of their car seats. Right, right. But it's more practical to have a single serving. Yeah, because what I got here as a four ounce. So I could see, yeah, a nice one ounce, you know, you could, um, just kind of take that in one, in one seating. Yep. Okay. So and you'll, you'll notice too, Tony, that we're, we've, I, I showed you the before and the after of our packaging. So the lightly salted is actually our older packaging and we've changed it since to be uh, more product focused, more educational around Sacha Inchi and let our brand be in the background a little I bit see. more. I see. Yeah. Um, and this is about retail strategy as well. Imagining someone going through an aisle in a Sprouts or a Whole Foods, um, and we want them to see immediately that this is okay. You eat this just like a nut, and it's better for me, and it's free of those allergens. Boom, I'm I'm sold. Yeah, it would seem like you would really want to bring that out. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, it's one thing to be functional; it's another thing to be good. It's another thing when you're both. So yep. you really want to highlight that because I would imagine, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but you know, you're obviously going to be reaching out to those groups that 
you know, that are affected by those, um, you know, allergens. I mean, there's just a lot of groups out there, you know, moms and, you know, there's all kinds of Facebook groups that they all kind of get together. So there's, I think you have a lot of opportunities for some of those niches. So, um, anything else about the product though, before we kind of dive in and, and get into kind of where you are currently in retail? Yeah. I mean, the other thing I wanted to mention is just, it's very important to us, um, the impact we have on the environment and on where Sacha Inchi has grown. And I know consumers care about this as well. And so we, we source our Sacha Inchi from two different places. It's native to Peru. That's why it's called the Incan peanut, the Inca peanut. Um, and so we are sourcing from Peru and um, from Southeast Asia, Thailand and Laos. Um, in Thailand and Laos, actually in, in both regions, it's grown without the need for irrigation because there's an abundance of water. So that alone is a leg up on almonds, for example, which are, you know, um, uh, utilizing a ton of, of water in, in regions like California that, uh, you of know, course, I mean, has- you're solving the sustainability issue just in the very fact that the, the inputs are so much lower. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, in the case of Peru, for example, um, the these are true you know in in many cases these are farming families and communities where it's the first time they've ever contracted with um with a business and the idea is to help you know they're they're paid fair trade um they are um, provided with like additional guidance on how to use regenerative agriculture um so the land stays fertile and healthy so it's a really great story all the way through to the agriculture side I think people are becoming more heightened to, you know, how food is grown, where it is grown, what are the practices around it. And I think that you, you know, this is one of those great, great foods that you can kind of see a mission behind it. I think that helps you. I think that should help you with retail, you know, with retail buyers. I think they, they know there's a segment of the population that they, they're looking for those things. Right. So you, I think you can kind of check that box. Um, but then kind of that, uh, you know, social side of it, you know, I think, yeah. uh, you know, I think consumers, they want to do more than just purchase a product. You know, they know that they're helping, you know, through the yeah. product. So I, I think that kind of plays, you know, plays pretty well here. Um, so let's kind of shift to kind of where you are now in retail. So what's the, so you're with, is it Sprouts and Whole Foods? And where else? Correct. Yeah. Sprouts, farmers markets nationally, and then Whole Foods regionally in, in Louisiana. Okay. So you're, so you're Sprouts nationally. Yes. All right. Well, kudos on doing that. And now you're regional with Whole Foods. Correct. Which story do you think is better for us to kind of look, to kind of dive into this? Which, which of those retailers do you, would you like us to focus on? I think um, let's focus on Whole Foods. Okay. Um, because we've got, we've seen a ton of growth there on same store sales and we've really, we're using that success story as kind of our strategy going forward. Okay. So you've had some things happen successfully and you're trying to replicate them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my question is when you first met with the buyers, um, what, what were they expecting of you? What was the the level of expectation in terms of when that product hit the shelf? I'm just curious about that initial uh, kind of pressure cooker that you may or may have felt with them. Yeah, I mean, and you're talking, Tony, about when it 
was first placed on the shelf. Correct. Yeah, I mean, there's an ex- there's an expectation of support from us. I think um, usually you're given, let's say, six to nine months to show growth. Um, ultimately, what you're trying to do and what you're encouraged to do is make sure that you're growing. Number one, um, you're able to sell both at discounted and full price retail, right? So you don't want to always have to be discounting your price um, to generate sales. And when you're not on sale, you're not generating any sales. So so ultimately what that is, is trial and then repurchases. Um, And I think, you know, we, we, we've done is I literally, I wanted to show my retailers that I personally was going to show up and do some samplings, for example, in the stores at the beginning. So not only were we putting financial resources and thought behind our strategy, but I was actually going to physically put time and effort myself into it. Um, did you wear that beautiful suit? I did. I do. In fact, oh, I have money. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, it's, it's very helpful. It's very helpful. It calls attention. <laughs> I mean, you stand yeah. out big time. <laughs> it helps. But okay. yeah, there's an expectation of, of um, you have, you know, typically six to nine months to show that your product is better in terms of sales and gross margin for the store than the bottom sellers, you know, maybe the, the bottom like 20% of items in your category. Do they give you the actual kind of raw metrics that they expect you to hit? No, no, not usually. Honestly, you you have to get pull that from them. So it's it's sort of on you and on me in my case to say, okay, we're in, we're going into this category. Let's say it's the nuts category or the um, you know the functional snacks category. What is the average for the set, and what is a healthy goal in the next six to nine months? I think that's a really important expectation to set at the very beginning. So you have to pull that information. You do get that information from them. And is it a, then it's just an an expectation in those six to nine months that you are X percentage better than the bottom third or whatever. Every retailer and buyer is going to have different true milestones and expectations. um, And not everyone is going to say, I want you to be explicitly 20% better than this number by six months in. It's just, it's all very loose um, goals. And, you know, if you're showing growth, I think growth is the most important thing. You show good growth and you show repeat purchases that happen not only when you're on sale, but when you're full price as well. Right. So talk to me a little bit about your, your strategy then maybe it's through merchandising, I don't know, in caps or pop-up displays, or maybe you're paying extra for certain slotting fees to be in certain places in the store. Uh, maybe even touch on trade spend. So, kind of walk us through what's what's currently uh, maybe your 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 best idea at this point. Yeah. Well, okay. So, the number one, the best, like simply put, the best thing you can do for retail is get as many as much real estate within a given store as possible. Like that is that is the so the holy grail is like an end cap that is a hundred percent brass roots in a Whole Foods. I mean, that is, that is how you get to a ton of trial and a ton of velocity growth. You get a lot of new customers buying your product for the first time. And then, and then ideally, um, 
you know, from there you're you're seeing them come back and buy you again when you're when you're not in a, on an end cap, but you're in your regular place in the planogram. Um, to do that stuff, there's a bunch of different strategies you can employ. The there is the go to corporate strategy where you're most likely paying a big fee to get off shelf placement in a bunch of stores at Whole Foods or Sprouts or pretty much any retailer like that. So there's that strategy that quite honestly, it's very hard for small brands to afford. There's another strategy, which is the one we employ, where we've got um, either ourselves or brand ambassadors in different cities um, that let's they might be customers of ours that decided they want to work for us part time because they're just really passionate. Um, we get them to go out and they're doing samplings at the stores. They're getting to know the managers of our category and building that relationship, showing commitment, you know, going to coupon, put coupons on our bags in addition to the samplings. And you get it to a point where the managers believe in you and the product, and they're actually giving you some off shelf opportunities through basically your sweat equity. You know, you're think of that. Throwing you a bone. Um, but, but that's because they see what you're doing already to increase your velocity just through hard work and putting people boots on the ground, let's say. Um, and there are field services teams that you can hire that specifically focus on this stuff too. They do merchandising. Um, they have established relationships at these store, the store level. And so they're fighting to get you, maybe you can get a shipper display, right? In a store that, that is branded and, and, merchandises your product on the floor, or even just, um, you know, a, a step down from that is, is doing clip strips, right? You've, you've, you've walked by an aisle where you see clip strips hanging product there. Um, that kind of stuff I love because um, in many cases, it's building relationships and it doesn't come with a massive fee necessarily. So what's your opinion though about the field service, the third party groups that do that? Because they're obviously known in the store as, hey, this is not, you know, brass roots team. This is a, you know, a third party. They're obviously not going to be building that relationship as well if it was you or one of your ambassadors. Correct. Brand ambassadors are the best if you get really good in brand ambassadors and you're able to manage them, which takes time because you have to really think of them almost like an employee. So the key with ambassadors is can you actually find really good ones that care? And can you put in the time to manage brand ambassadors? There are big, there are companies that um, are still small, medium size that literally have one person whose role is brand ambassador management. So they might have 50 to a, like 50 people that they manage, right? And they schedule demos with and they, and they're pushing and incentivizing and giving bonuses to. And so that's the key to ambassadors. Um, it's hard. It's a lot of work. And, but we have some awesome ones that um, have we've now become such, I, I guess, our relationships have been built such that they're great at managing their own time. They're fully incentivized, et cetera. The, the teams, the agencies are really good at um, their efficiency and you don't have to manage them, right? You, I mean, you do in the sense that you need to expect and demand results but they're good at what they do. They're going to be going to the stores periodically and, and frequently without you asking them to. Um, and, and, and so you rely on that and that's, that's their value add. 
Right. So you're either you're using the agency and they're kind of managing, obviously, the the recruitment and the management and the efficiency and you know effectiveness of the ambassadors or you're building your own program out almost, you know, like a like a college internship program in some way or like these, you know, micro influencers. I, I would imagine that would be kind of an interesting kind of pairing if you could find, you know, brand ambassadors who are also kind of those micro influencers and they kind of work together in some way that they actually kind of promote it on their own platforms. That's actually exactly what we're doing right now. And, and truthfully, that strategy has come about purely because it's been organic. So, you know, I'll give you an example in Austin, Austin is, has become probably our, our best single market. Um, and part of that is, is the people in Austin um, have an appreciation for products like ours, but also we have, Two phenomenal ambassadors. Um, they are one of one of whom is, is a customer um, had some health issues. Led us led him to our products, and now it's a husband and wife duo that are ambassadors for us um, on their off days, on the weekends. The wife is really good at Instagram and other content. Um, Interesting. And, uh, yep, and the husband actually does not only the demos, but he's doing sales for us as well. So they're like. Um, that's a, it's a combination of content, like you said, a little micro influencer, um, strategy combined with the samplings and et cetera. So it works out really well. It's just very hard to find that. I was going to say um, that's like a unicorn in a way that you found that, that team, because I was trying to think, you know, what would be the demographic, you know, of the ambassadors, but I guess, um, if you like it and it's helped you in some way, it really doesn't matter you know, what category if you, you fit in or what demographic you fit in. What one thing, Tony, that we found, we have actually found in other cases, d- different regions, um, what if you encourage the brand ambassador to do what they enjoy doing for your brand, then they'll often go a different direction. So we we hired someone in California who is a customer and loved our products to start doing samplings. They still do samplings, but what became clear quickly, they started doing free, just, well, not free, but they started doing content for us organically without us asking, um, just on their personal Instagram. And all of a sudden, it was great, awesome recipes with Sacha Inchi. And so we said, hey, why don't you just keep doing that? It's really good and you want to do it and, if, and it's organic. And, um, and so in some cases, they just show you what they want to do for you. All right, so let's talk about the um, the role of of advertising in your kind of your budget or your your strategy. Obviously, you've got you know the socials, the paid socials, the you know pay to click, you know impressions, things like that. What's your opinion? Does it work? Have you tried it? What's your you know kind of some some of your key learnings around that? Yeah, we. I have tried just about everything at this point. Um, we went through a period in 2021 where we were pretty heavy into online advertising, specifically social, Instagram, uh, customer acquisition. And we found that um, it, depending on our, the product, it could work really well. Um, but at a certain point, especially when some of, and I know other brands have experienced this, especially when some of the targeting capabilities um, were reduced by the 
the, you know, the Apple versus Facebook battles that became pretty public. Um, it's harder to target people. So for example, it, it's, it's, it used to be a lot easier for me to target someone um, with an allergy in the household. That was a lot easier two years ago. Um, it was easier for me to directly target someone who is clearly following the keto diet, right? Because our seeds are also very keto friendly. That has all become much harder now. And um, not only that, but budgets have there there are some there are big pockets that are spending on Instagram ads and especially trying to get keto dieters to buy their products. Big, big budgets. And so that's basically what you're up against as a small brand. So suffice it to say, we've really pulled back from social media advertising specifically to to acquire customers and to generate direct orders. Um, if we are doing it, we're directing them to Amazon at this point because it's the lowest friction purchase point for online. Right? They they can click on an ad immediately go to their to to their Amazon app. And with one click, they've purchased your product. Yeah, it's in their and, it's in their cart yeah. and out. So, so the online ver so the online strategy is basically DTC through Amazon. Yep. If there is something for them to click on, other than that, it sounds like you want those ambassadors kind of boots on the ground in the store. Yeah, and and just to clarify, what we are we are doing some ads, some um, native Amazon ads. So we're doing an ad ads within the Amazon platform and because we're meeting people where they're shopping. It's we're giving them an sense. ad as they're as they're purchasing items. That's working well. And you yeah. can tell what they're buying, what they're not buying. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I well well I can uh, Well I, I can you I, can, I mean I would imagine. I can tell what they're searching for. So you can optimize you can if someone's searching for Sacha Inchi seeds, for example, I want to be the, the brand that they're looking at. Um, you know, we're working our way into different, um, search term advertising, but that's the place you want to be because they're, they're in the shopping mode when you, when you're, when you're placing that ad, what we're do, we are doing on social though, is I view that now as more of an, a brand awareness place. So like top of the funnel marketing. So what we'll be doing is, um, We'll be doing some ads just in, so for example, we'll be expanding into more stores in Texas is our expectation. We'll be doing ads in Texas that are um, designed to be uh, sort of local um, in nature, you know, Austin, Austin based or Houston based or Dallas. And it's really brand awareness so that when they go into a retailer, they see us. The other thing is there, there are lots of sampling programs out there um, that allow you to uh, actually serve a coupon to someone digitally and actually encourage them to go into a specific store to buy your product. And so that kind of, those kind of uh, companies, you know, Tastermonial is, is one of them. And then there are lots of other sort of, um, you know, Sample is another one. Isle is another one. Yep. All these sampling Eight, uh, programs. Yeah. I think it would be good to talk to you more about that in maybe a, a live stream, maybe the next time we get together. Yeah. I'd kind of like to see that as you're, as you're growing, as you're expanding, getting into the Texas market. I'd like to maybe yeah. bring you back. I might have some other guests on too, that we can, that y'all can kind of talk through, be kind of, kind of curious to see. You know, what, yeah. Kind of, you know, what's working because, um, 
testimonial. I've not heard of that one. Um, aisle I've heard of. So, um, I think it might be good for us to have just a, you know, our own kind of separate, you know, conversation around some of those kind of sampling, kind of get them into trial and get those coupons yep. because look, you gotta, you have to incentivize them in some way. Yes. I mean, the product tastes good and we know it, um, you know, it, it says here on the bag, you know, no top nine allergens. So that is going to bring some customers into you right away, but you don't just want to attract those people. You want someone who just sees, Ooh, lightly salted. I like salt or, yep. Oh, here's a chocolate treat. You know, I, yep. and I you know, that's your, your, go- that's the bigger marketplace. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's, um, we, like you said, we're introducing something that nobody, most people have not heard of. I mean, it, it's it's going to be a small group, a niche. Um, and, and so as we expand into retail, the challenge for us is um, is to get people to give it a shot in that trial and, and recognize us and, and find us. And so um, it's all about how do you how do you push trial? How do you how do you push people to find you? Um, and then ultimately the product has to speak for itself when it comes to the repurchase. Yeah. I mean, you can get them to try it once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, look, I think we, we covered a lot of ground here in about 30 minutes, Aaron. It's great. So tell us about kind of the, what region you are in in whole foods. And again, the, the website to go check it out. Yep. Yep. So you can find us on, you know, on, of course on Amazon, you can find us in sprouts, farmers markets nationally, and then Whole Foods in Louisiana, uh, but hopefully, hoping for some expansion there soon. Um, and then uh, our website is brass with a B, brassrootsfood.com, and uh, Instagram handles at brassrootsfood, as well as TikTok. Got it. Got it. That's great, Aaron, and excited to see it and um, meet the um, Shark Tank star with that crazy purple suit. <laughs> live and in person um i might just have to go to might just have to go to houston to watch this uh sampling just to kind of watch you with this this suit on might be worth it let's let's do it or maybe what you need to do is to start live streaming yourself i've actually been uh, at one point i i um was trying to set up virtual samplings where um we'd have a uh we'd have an ambassador or a demo person bring a um, or even like a yoga studio, bring a an iPad and have it streaming the entire time. And I'd just be sitting here and anybody could come in and just ask questions and say hi, but it would allow me to just be in New Orleans. Um, and I just, I haven't had the time or resources to, to get it all set up. Um, but I, well, that's kind I of love interesting. that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that here. That's that's good. That's a bonus idea. So, yeah. All right, everybody, go check it out and uh, stand by for the live stream, which we'll figure out. We'll get it organized and eventually we'll get those that information down in the uh, show notes. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Thanks, Tony. Good talking to you.